This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to the 400th episode of the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks so much for joining me once again. Our loyal listeners have been tuning in since our very first episode way back on June 16, 2012. If you've been listening since then or any time since then, we really appreciate your support and to celebrate we're actually giving you the chance to win a, a great prize. It's the Uniden DashView 30 Dashcam. This is a product that's going to be ideal. Once we all get back out on the road, here's a 2.5K smart Dashcam valued at $399.95. It is your eyes and ears on the road. Gives you great video coverage if in the case you need some video evidence, if there's an insurance claim or a court case, police report, this will be accepted as evidence. Now what we're going to do, I'm going to share with you later on in the Tech Guide help desk a code word. And then what you're required to do is to go to Tech Guide, there'll be a story uh, where it'll say you can win the Uniden Dash View 30. Simply go, click on that story, fill out the form, put in the code word and the why you need a dash cam. Just give us an answer on that little box there as well. Send that form through and then we'll announce the winner on next week's show. But anyway, on with this week's show, we're going to be talking about why many of us will continue to work from home even after the coronavirus restrictions lift. TV sales have gone through the roof and we'll tell you why. And it's official. 5G has been declared safe by a parliamentary committee. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new LG C10 OLED TV. We take a listen to the Skull Candy Crusher noise-cancelling headphones and the new affordable smartphones that have just been unveiled by Samsung and Alcatel. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. So remember, listen in later on for the code word to win that great Uniden Dash View 30 Dash Cam. But anyway, let's get on with the show. Uh, there is that we've we've many of us have worked from home during the coronavirus crisis. Uh, we've been there's been some restrictions in place, public gatherings. You can't be near people, and a lot of us have adapted to the fact that we have to work from home. And as a matter of fact, we've become so used to working from home that I think many of us will realise that we can probably do our job from home from now on. I've always said. One of my sayings has always been, work is a thing you do, not a place you go. So in this, is, this has never been illustrated more clearly in the last couple of months, where many of us have been able to still do the, our jobs, still remain productive, 
but by working from home. And you think about the benefits of doing that. We've, we've not had to catch public transport. We've not had to uh, be uh, among crowds of people to and from work on, on buses and trains. We, we haven't had to spend our fare, buy our, our train and bus fares, haven't had to buy lunch and, and things like that. So not only is it a time saver, it's also a money saver as well. And there's been a really interesting report released by Zoho Corporation in association with Telsite, which is saying that the number of people working remotely will increase dramatically even after the first COVID-19 restrictions are lifted. So you can just imagine a scenario now. They're already talking about the issues of people going back to work en masse. They're they're restricting the number of people per bus, per train carriage. Uh, So there's all these issues that are going to follow once we're given the all clear to return to work. So there's still all these other issues to deal with the public transport issue being one of them. So with this in mind, what is going to happen? I think a lot of employers are going to embrace the fact that that their employees can still do their job, be just as productive by staying home. And I still I think too that employees will find that attractive as well because it does put more time in their hands. They don't have to, as I said, they don't have to spend, the people can spend up to an hour in the morning and an hour at night just commuting. And that time uh, could very well be spent with their family or exercising or doing something else rather than spending that time on public transport, going to an office and coming back home again. I think since we've seen how well our connectivity has been, the NBN has held up, has done a terrific job in keeping us all connected. We've also been using other tools like video conferencing applications, Zoom and Blue Jeans and FaceTime, Skype, you name it, I've used so many of them. So we've, we've gotten over that hurdle where in the event of us have to, having to have a meeting or some kind of briefing, we're still able to do that. With the, the, the hurdle, we've cleared it easily because we can still talk to each other, we still see each other, and still have the same benefit of having an in-person meeting but doing it uh, over the internet. So that, 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 that technology has really helped us, as had things, has things like cloud technology, cloud storage, us being able to share and access files remotely as well. But you know what? There have also been some downsides. It hasn't all been upside here. The downside of this is that some people aren't as productive uh, outside the confines of an office and among their colleagues. I think a lot of people, uh, they, they enjoy that atmosphere of a workplace. They enjoy the social nature of it and they perform better that way. That's their prerogative and they may be the, t- the person, the employee who wants to come to work again and wants to mix with other people and do their job that way. The other downside is a security one. And we've spoken on the show many times before about the cyber criminals having a field day by the, the factors that, are, that have improved conditions for them are the fact that, one, we're working from home, and two... There's all this online curiosity about the coronavirus. So we're naturally curious. We're getting online where there is situations now where people are applying for JobKeeper uh, and and other other things from the government to, to tide us over in these difficult times. So the, the, all those factors in, in included, all put into one, make it 
the absolute perfect conditions for cyber criminals. Number one, we're outside the protective corporate IT environment. And we've seen a couple of cases where this has actually been the case where some, some employees of big companies have been the victims of a phishing scam. And that's kind of the, the weak link in this whole system where if they were behind their, their firewall of their company, their corporation or whoever they happen to work for, this maybe would have been flagged. So that, 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 that's one issue there. The other things, we've seen a lot of scams to do with uh, people impersonating the ATO, impersonating Centrelink, trying to get your details, trying to get your bank details, trying to get your identification, all these details that they're thereafter. Uh, so there, there are ups and downs to this whole situation. It's not for everyone, I think. I, I, my, my, uh, my gut is saying that down the track, employees are going to give, employers, I should say, are going to give their employees the option, whether they want to work from home, whether they maybe want to work a couple of days at home, a few days at work, and vice versa. So I think we're going to have a lot more choice. And you think about it from the employer's side, they're still, if they're still achieving their connectivity, their productivity, and all the goals that they need to achieve to get the job done, to do what they are required of us, then they don't need all this office space. They can reduce the costs of a lot of their overheads, maybe have a smaller office, maybe have less uh, office equipment, uh, less, less number of computers, less printers, less everything, because half the time, a lot of their employees are working from home and then we can use our own equipment. Now, as I said, there will have to be some kind of, some some way of addressing the security issues that exist, uh, other things that are sort of in the way of making this the perfect solution for a lot of, of, a lot of companies, especially small and medium businesses. Uh, the research actually shows that 47% of small to medium businesses would work remotely if they could, with 45% believing that it will also provide more free time and more time with the families. Now, in terms of industries, it's no surprise that tech and education are probably the most savvy when it comes to working remotely, followed by the arts and recreation industries. And when you when I talk, spoke earlier about the commuters and the money they save, in regular in metro areas, a regular metro consumer can save up to ten dollars fifty a day. So that's the cost of getting to and from work. If they choose to work from home, that's more than a $50 a week saving. So imagine the, the benefits there, not only for time, but also the money we're saving. And people who maybe drive their cars to work, where there's less cars on the road, less wear and tear on your car. So I think that's what we're all, we're all dreading, is that when all these, thing, all these restrictions are lifted, then traffic is going to be back to it, back up again and... Just the, the whole, all the things that, that were relaxed during this, these restrictions. A, we were complaining about the fact we were restricted. Now I think once those restrictions lift, we're going to be complaining about the traffic. And was it always like this? Was it always this crowded on the train? Was, it always, was there always this much traffic when I drive to work? So those little factors, those little things could be changed in the near future if and when, or I should say when, not if, the restrictions are going to lift, they're not staying around forever, but when they do lift and more people are turning up to go to work or given the option of going to work, I think this will be the new norm where people will have the choice of being able to work from home to do their job uh, from their own environment rather than having to go to an office because, as I said, work is a thing you do 
not a place you go. Plenty of information, plenty of stats there uh, about this whole thing. Tell us, uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Would you prefer to work from home? Are you are you really keen to get back to your office to work again, see all your work colleagues? That's another upside, of course, seeing all your work colleagues and friends. But are you are you a person who may want to continue to work from home? Have you enjoyed working from home? Let us know uh, in the comments. Send me in a, a tweet uh, at Stephen Fennick on Twitter or send me an email. We'd love to hear from you because you, uh, I'd, I'd like to maybe put up a story just based on your thoughts and whether you would actually like to continue working from home. We have seen the research results here, but I think a poll of my Tech Guide listeners would be something I'd want to find out anyway. I'd love to know what you guys are thinking. If you want to read more about that story, check it out techguide.com.au This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. It's TV season again and by that I mean this is the time of year when all the TV manufacturers are releasing their brand new devices, their brand new TVs. The 2020 televisions are on the market and what we're seeing are not only are customers rushing out to buy the new TVs, but there's, I think, a great number also that are taking advantage of the cheaper prices of the previous model. That's what traditionally happens. Retailers, to make way for the new the new televisions, the 2020 range of TVs, to make more room for that stock, they often mark down last year's stock. So a 2019 TV that is still only a year old, well, the technology's a year old, it's still brand new in the box, but the technology's only 12 months old and it's still really good. So uh, unless you want the, the slightly faster processor or the slightly better picture quality or slightly better smart TV features, and we're going to talk about the LG C10 OLED later, if you're prepared to, to accept a 2019 TV, then... It's a buyer's market. There are some remarkable prices there, even on the larger screen TVs that we are preferring. Australians are moving towards larger screen sizes. I think in 12 months' time, when we're talking about TV sales in 2021, my prediction is that the 75-inch TV is going to be the new normal. That's what, what what's the size, I think, that people are going to decide is their new TV screen display size. We've, we've, we're seeing this not only in the, in the past 12 months, we've seen 65 inches now, too small for many customers. We're seeing 75, 85, even 100-inch TVs are available today. Now, I did a little bit of a check with all the major, reach, the major manufacturers, Samsung, LG, and Hisense, and they all told me that, yes, TV sales have exploded this year. And for a variety of factors, a couple that I've mentioned to you now, uh, the, the fact that there's new TVs, the older TVs are on sale, but the other factor, the factor that wasn't around a year ago, is the coronavirus lockdown. We can't go to the movies. We can't go to the theatre. We can't go to a concert. We can't even go to the pub with our mates. So our entertainment options are very much at home. So being able to watch a movie, the only place you can watch a movie today is at home. And what we've done, what we've noticed is customers are deciding that 
they need to upgrade their TV. They're using these 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 restrictions as an excuse to upgrade their TVs, and that's kind of the the colloquial the the the, uh, the stories we're hearing from the retailers and the and the manufacturers is that people are deciding that they really need to improve their home viewing experience because they want the best experience possible because they can't go to the movies. It's the same thing. We saw the same thing happen with uh, wireless networks. We realise that everyone working and homeschooling and doing everything we do at home, what, what was soon identified was that the wireless networks weren't up to the task. And as a result, people rushed out, bought mesh routers, bought new things, all this new gear to improve their wireless technology. Now, we're seeing a similar move here with TVs. Maybe some customers had older TVs, maybe five, six, seven, eight, even older, eight-year-old TVs and older are deciding, well, you know what, if I'm going to be stuck at home and not being able to go to the movies, I want to watch a better TV. I want a better experience. And that has been the spur for customers to get out and buy these new TVs. We, we hear that the, the spike in sales over a year ago is 20%, up to 20%. could be even be higher. They didn't tell us exact figures. The, the, none of the retailers told us the figures, and even the manufacturers, Samsung, LG, Hisense, they wouldn't disclose the actual percentage of increase, but they did confirm it was significant. And that's a year-on-year figure so compared to a year ago compared to march april in 2019 to today it's obvious what the difference is the obvious is these restrictions that we are stuck at home we can only watch movies at home and all all, all the tv shows that were streaming on netflix which are now so not only are there so many options but the quality of what we're watching is awesome as well 4k dolby atmos there's all these great these great new uh ways we can watch our our favorite movies and tv shows great new formats so 4k dolby atmos all all these new formats that are on the latest bits of content we are able to enjoy now on the latest tvs non and that's not to mention the fact that they, they they do have amazing connectivity nowadays even faster processors all the stuff's built in netflix apple tv you name it, all those apps are on the TV now as well. That was another attraction, I think, for customers to finally upgrade, being being able to access Netflix, Stan, Amazon, Disney+, Apple TV+, all those services directly from the TV rather than having to have to uh, connecting a new device or Chromecasting or going, going through an Apple TV device as well. That, I think, has been another motivation for customers to upgrade their tellies. If you've done that, you're not alone. You're not the Lone Ranger there. Plenty of people have, have followed suit there and in, improved, uh, purchase a new TV to improve their home viewing experience. If you want to read more about that, there's a few stats and uh, some figures there that we've uh, noted in our story. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, I've heard so many conspiracy theories about 5G. And frankly, I'm tired of them. Because uh, whenever an issue like this arises, I'm always asked to comment on it on radio, TV, uh, and ask asking whether 5G is safe. And there's been so many protests and Facebook groups and conspiracy theories about 5G. I've heard everything from 
The latest, of course, is that 5G causes and spreads the coronavirus because there was 5G in Wuhan, apparently. The other, the other thing I've heard is that 5G is responsible for killing bees. Bees apparently are, a, and they are, this is fact, an essential part of our ecosystem, the world's ecosystem. And uh, so there was that theory. There was a theory that they were killing birds. The other theory was they were causing cancer clusters. So every single one of those conspiracy, conspiracy theories, while many think there may be some fact in them and are very emotional about the subject, I can tell you right here and right now that it's all rubbish. 5G is safe. And the latest body to endorse 5G is the House Standing Committee on Communications and the Arts, which has tabled a 5G inquiry report. So a parliamentary committee has done a thorough investigation and concluded that 5G is not only safe, it's also a transformative technology. 5G has the potential to provide crucial building blocks that will that what they're calling it the fourth industrial revolution that's how strong this new technology is the connectivity that 5g the connectivity and opportunities 5g will present will enhance productivity our connectivity stimulate the economy it'll do remarkable things for health telehealth all of these things and the good news is that the the 5g inquiry report has given 5G a ringing endorsement and the commi- the committee also took into account I should I should also add to this decades of research that has gone into all of the to the cellular networks over the years and they've assured Australians that 5G is safe and of course this was the uh, the the this was a wel- welcomed by the Australian Mobile Telecommunications Association as well as the Communications Alliance. They they thoroughly endorsed the findings of the parliamentary committee, and we're seeing now as a result many uh, that Telstra is one one company that's put in I think poured in another five hundred million dollars to speed up the the rollout of their five G network. Optus are also willing to their rollout, Vodafone. They were last to the table because they were fighting a court case with the merger of... Uh, the, there was a, the court action against the merger of Vodafone with TPG. They've since won that case and are moving ahead with the merger and, and as a result are able to move ahead with the rollout of their 5G network as well. What we're also seeing here is the path has been cleared now for even more smartphone manufacturers to release 5G devices. Now, in the second half of this year, you're probably going to see nearly every flagship smartphone, even mid to high to mid to flagship tier smartphones, will be 5G compatible, including the biggest, uh, the, the, the phone that everyone looks forward to every year around September, October, and that's the iPhone. Apple will release its first 5G iPhone this year. 
There was speculation earlier in the year that Apple may delay the launch of the 5G iPhone through a, through a combination of delays in their their uh, their components and the the their the sentiment w- around the world with the economies, the, how they they depressed economies. Whether they wanted to release a, a, a phone that's going to probably no doubt cost more than two thousand dollars, whether they wanted to release a device in that economic environment, that was an, another issue. The supply chain, which I spoke about, also that these are all being taken into consideration. But I think Apple that they've seen to they seem to have ploughed on through all of this. Earlier this year, they were probably one of the hardest hit with their all their big factories shut down in China or uh, capacity greatly reduced. But they still managed to release four new products. They released the iPhone SE, the iPad Pro, the MacBook Air, the new 13-inch MacBook Pro. So it's kind of business as usual for Apple. So that leads me to believe that they probably will stick to their September-October launch window of their new iPhone. It is a it is a yearly thing, and we are in no doubt at all that it will be a 5G device with a radical new design. So it's going to look nothing like the iPhones from the last few years. So not only will it have this tremendous new design, but also this super fast connectivity, which by the time it's launched, 5G will have a much larger footprint. No matter what network you choose, there will be a lot more 5G coverage than there will be than there is today. It's nearly in in June. It'll be a year since 5G. Which will Telstra really kicked off the whole 5G network rollout? Uh, Optus have been at it for almost a year as well. Vodafone by September would have had six months under six to eight months under their belt with 5G rollout also. So I expect to see a lot more of that. But just to assure you all. 5G is okay. In fact, if you own a microwave oven or a baby monitor, they produce more radiation than 5G. So if you don't think 5G is safe, then you better kick, you better throw out your microwave and your baby monitor because they produce more radiation than 5G. Food for thought for you there. 5G is okay. It is safe. And if you want to read all about it, you can do that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe and private online. Now, we live in a world where we're constantly connected. And there are cyber attacks more prevalent than ever. And there are phishing scams and ransomware, online predators, big data tracking our every move. We spoke about the cyber threats that have evolved. And as a result, Norton has evolved with them. The new Norton 360 gives you next level protection. It combines the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is all-in-one protections for your devices, including your mobile devices, and protects your online privacy. It's available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week, it's a big one. It's the LG C10 OLED TV. Now, this is one of the 2020 TVs that I was talking about. This is a brilliant TV. Brilliant because of the fact that it's a 2020 TV with great features, but we'll talk about that in a moment. 
But the fact that it's an OLED TV. Now, I'm not sure whether you understand OLED completely. I'm going to give you a brief description of what OLED offers, its benefits. It is a technology that is unlike LED technology, which requires a backlight. LED needs a backlight. OLED does not. OLED, in fact, stands for Organic Light Emitting Diode. In other words, it uses material that self-illuminates. So, no need for a backlight like a regular TV. Now, the advantage here is that every single pixel on an OLED TV can be either off or on individually. So, it could create its own dimming zone for better black levels and contrast. The reason you see these amazing inky black levels on an OLED TV is for that very fact. An LED TV has to block a backlight. So the pixels have to close. The backlight has to be blocked as well so that you get pure black. The issue too with LED is that they do have dimming zones. So several zones around the TV. Let's say there's 200 dimming zones. So the TV can intelligently see the light and dark parts of the screen and turn on and off the dimming zones in response. But what happens if there's a dimming zone, if there's a small part of the screen that requires a light that, that is on and right next to a part that is off? The classic example, and I gave this a good workout when I was reviewing the LG C10 OLED, is the a space field. Imagine the introduction, the Star Wars, the crawl of Star Wars, once the words get up off the screen and all you're seeing is a star field. So imagine even the tiniest little stars need a slight illumination. Now what happens with an LED TV, it can provide some illumination for those tiny stars. The, the star might be only a pixel wide. So how does an LED TV handle that? Well, it'll try to dim as many zones around that one little pixel that it can. But you think of what an OLED can do, an OLED with more than 8 million pixels, every individual pixel can be controlled to be either on or off. So you can imagine the view of that star field, even with all those tiny little stars in on a black background, you'll see a lot more of them on an OLED TV than you would on an LED TV. I'll put a picture side by side in my review to explain what I mean. And anyone who's seen OLED, I've got an OLED TV here in my office. I've got one in our lounge room as well. I think once you go OLED, you can't have any other type of TV because the black levels of OLED are brilliant and, and the colour that it can produce from those black levels is also superb. Not only that, the TV is also razor thin because there's no backlight. The C10 has a very, very thin design. It's, it's got the screen, the top half of the screen it sort of sticks up out of the, the bottom half is where the sources are, so the guts of the TV and the circuitry of the TV are in the bottom half. The top half is just the screen, and the screen is the width, the thickness of a $2 coin. So just imagine that for a moment. That's how thin the OLED screen is because there's no backlight. It's very thin. Now with the C10, we reviewed the 65-inch model, which has the new Alpha 9 Generation 3 AI processor. Now in terms of the actual physical panel, the OLED panel and everything that goes with it, the physical attributes haven't changed. It's the same OLED material, same design, same everything as last year's TV. Now, what brings the new features is how the pixels are used. 
And that's where the, the Alpha 9 Gen 3 AI processor comes in because we really noticed picture and sound quality improvements, the AI doing all the heavy lifting, whether it's whether you like movies, sport or games, you will see a difference with the new LG C10 OLED TV. And it's smart enough to, on the fly, optimise what you're looking at. There's even genre detection. The TV can even know that you're watching a movie or playing a game or watching sport and automatically switch the mode of the TV to suit what you're watching. Now, anyone who's ever had a TV with these modes, you've probably got all these modes on your TV right now, but you need to physically change the mode. If you decide to play your PlayStation or your Xbox, you need to go into the settings, change it to game mode, and get on with it. With the new LG TV, it does it automatically. No need for you to do anything. It can detect the source can detect what you're watching and change the source for you. Now, if you're a movie lover, this is a favorite feature of mine because movie purists will probably turn their nose up at how the TVs smooth out films. I know a lot of directors really hate this feature on TVs. This TV, if you allow it, will do that. So what I'm talking about is when, when directors make their films... They sometimes shoot them on film or even shoot them on digital but at 24 frames per second so that it still gives you a film-like feel. So what TVs do though, and your TV is probably, this is on by default, it smooths out a lot of the movie, especially where there's a lot of high, there's a lot of fast-moving images and motion. Your TV is kind of photoshopping what you're seeing and directors and actors they can't stand the TV doing this. The Tom Cruise came out a year ago uh, in to, to encourage people to switch off these motion smoothing uh, features on their TV so they can see exactly what the director intended. Yes, there might be some motion judder because of that's the nature of film and the 24 frames per second refresh rate. That's the nature of the whole thing. And people who want to appreciate the true vision of the director are forgiving about this. They, they, they like the picture to be as it's intended. The example I give in my, my review on Tech Guide is that it's like getting a rough piece of wood and using a bit of sandpaper to, get, to smooth the wood out so it's, it's not as rough as it was before. There are some people who like the rough wood. They appreciate that. And so it's a matter of taste and LG with filmmaker mode gives people the option of being able to see the films exactly as the director intended. Now on the audio side, you do get an also an improvement there with Dolby Vision. Dolby Vision is HDR, I should say. That's high dynamic range. Dolby Atmos is what I meant to say. These are This is included on the TV. So in the settings, you can switch on Dolby Atmos. And what you'll find is that the TV will provide an added, an added layer of sound. Basically, a layer that comes from above you. So it's called Atmos because it's short for atmosphere. So this 3D surround sound, look, it's not going to sound as good as a dedicated system and a sound bar, but you will be hearing things that you never heard before, especially when watching action. And well, I, know, I know all the Star Wars movies on 4K, on 4K disc, all have Dolby Atmos soundtracks. 
So you, you're in, you, you'll be hearing things that you haven't heard before. Now, if you've got a setup that can handle Atmos on a grander scale, it'll sound even better. But it was still quite impressive through the TV itself. That little thing, very thin TV at the front of the room, can still produce all these sounds that appear to be coming from behind you and above you and, and coming down on you as well. So it's like a, if to say, a great example would be like a helicopter landing or a plane landing. You'll hear the sound descending on the room. It is really cool. If you haven't heard Dolby Atmos before, uh, you'll get a chance to do that if you do purchase one of these TVs. Or if you've got a Dolby Atmos system, a soundbar. A lot of soundbars can handle Dolby Atmos. And there's a lot of Dolby Atmos content as well. Apart from uh, on, on 4K disc, a lot of and even on Blu-ray disc, a lot of movies have the Dolby Atmos soundtrack. So definitely worth checking that out. There is a lot of uh, there are a lot of films. On Netflix, it also have Dolby Atmos as well. So check it out in the details, whether it's got Atmos. And if, you, if your TV has that capability, you will hear that amazing 3D surround sound. This is uh, also a great solution for gamers. OLED TVs, uh, on this TV as well, they have, they're the first TVs to offer NVIDIA G-Sync compatibility. So it's all about frame rate. And with these new TVs, they've got a new VRR, which is short for variable refresh rate, which means it can match the refresh rate of whatever console you've connected. So what that does, it eliminates what they call frame tearing. So rather than the image looking streaky and rough, the variable refresh rate smooths that out. It's kind of the opposite of what you want from filmmaker mode. You want the, you want it rough, but in this instance, the, those beautiful graphics are designed to look really silky smooth, and that's what you want. That's what the variable refresh rate can offer. We gave it a good test playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, and it really looked incredible. HDR, of course, is there. There's also... A, the, the TV's been future-proofed somewhat as well with the HDMI 2.1 ports. So if you're a gamer and you're looking forward to the next generation of consoles like the PlayStation 5 and the new Xbox, they're expected to run at up to 120 frames per second. So they also require lower input lag and the inputs on these new LG OLED TVs, HDMI 2.1, can handle just that. Of course, the TVs are smart. You do get all these services built in, Netflix, Stan, Disney+, Plus, uh, Amazon Prime, all of them are there. And it also has Apple AirPlay. So if you've got an Apple device, a phone or an iPad or a Mac, you can mirror what you've got on your screen or extend your, your screen desktop. You can even watch apps like KO on the LG OLED TV. We're going to talk about more about that in the, uh, in the help desk. But just really places a lot more capability in your hands. The LG C10 OLED TV, it is a truly remarkable new TV. Definitely worth checking out. If you're in the market for a new TV, it is worth looking at. It is priced at $5,399. That's the recommended retail price. It is already under $5,000. i have seen it for, I think, up to six, seven, even up to $800 cheaper in stores. So if you are considering, and that's for the 65-inch, by the way, there is a 55-inch available and a 75 if you want to really go big. But the LG OLED TV, the C10, definitely worth checking out. And if you want to check out our review, you can see it at techguide.com.au. Okay, headphones, we're talking about the Skull Candy Crusher 
ANC, which is Active Noise Cancelling Headphones. Now, these are remarkable headphones. And Skullcandy is a, a brand that I think is it's kind of, to me anyway, it represents, I think it appeals more to a younger audience, uh, the more sort of street brand, a bit like Beats by Dr. Dre. They, they seem to be similar sort of DNA where it's sort of younger listeners out and about doing their stuff, you know, active. And I, th- I think this will also appeal to that same customer, that they're continuing that tradition with these new Crusher active noise-cancelling headphones. Now, on the tech side, these are very impressive. I've got to say, the noise-cancelling, the, the ability to close out everything that's happening around you is quite impressive. The, these are up there, I think, in terms of noise cancellation quality, up there with Sony and Bose and those other more prestigious brands who are probably the, the brands that many people think of first when they think of active noise cancellation and headphones and audio quality. Those premium brands have been around for a long time, and that's kind of where you, where people, their mind goes. But in this instance, Skullcandy, I think, have matched it nearly matched it in terms of the quality of the noise cancellation uh, in that regard. But what I like about these these headphones and this brand is that they're, they're not afraid to try things. There's a new feature on board that allows you to not only hear the bass, but also feel the bass. It's called adjustable sensory bass. And you'll notice on the left ear cup is a kind of lever that allows you to, to amp up the adjustable sensory bass. Now, what it offers, I'm a fan of bass, good bass, and these offer decent bass as well, and bass is something that you hear. But in this instance, the the Crusher headphones allow you to feel that bass as well. Now, I'll give you the example. If you're listening to music that happens to have this really solid piece of bass in it, if you want to move that lever on the left ear cup, that is the adjustment for the sensory bass which means you're going to not only hear the bass, but also feel the vibration of the bass as well. So the ear cups rattle, the bass is felt through your skull. Good, good, good feature for a company called Skull Candy. But the, it, it's, I found it, look, I'll be honest, I found it to be a bit of a novelty. I tried it and I, I thought, yeah, that's pretty good. And I got a, it was it was a funny sensation having the the earphones just vibrating around my ears and the back of my head. And I thought that's pretty good. It was actually, if you turn them right up, and especially at a particularly bass heavy song, you're going to feel your head rattling. Now, for some listeners, that's what they want. That that allows them. It adds another dimension to the sound. So. I liked it at first. I ended up turning it right down and even off for some songs. When it's really bass-heavy, it got, to me anyway, it got a little bit annoying. But I applaud the fact that they've added this new thing. It's something we've never seen before in headphones. And that is a great little new feature. The other thing that they've also added to is the ability through the app to personalise your sound a little bit. You do get a bit of a difference there. And... In, in terms of the audio quality overall, I think you're going to be impressed. I, I liken this, if you read my review, which is going to be up on Tech Guides uh, t- today, if you read my review, I liken the Skull Candy to a golfer that can that's always hitting a big drive. So 
the the basics of the of the audio is really solid foundation. You know, great bass, nice wide sound stage, and fairly responsive in the in the mids and the in the high end as well. But it just doesn't have the finesse of say a Bose or a Sony pair of headphones where that clarity at the really high end and even in the mids uh, are there. So my comparison is that the the Skull Candy just is smashes it off the tee, but around the green it just didn't quite have the same ability. That little short game, that that's that the little detail, didn't quite have the same as as a Bose or a Sony uh, a headphone would be, or or a Bowers and Wilkins, those those brands that that really offer that finesse at the high end as well. These are great headphones, and they do remind me more of sort of the Beats soundscape. Beats where it's really bold and, and bassy and and appreciated by kind of that younger younger listener, but they just didn't quite have the detail of, of those other brands. So that, that's kind of my analogy there. So it's uh, you know how that the saying in golf is you drive for show but you putt for dough. Uh, the Skull Candy drives for show and and really creates that great soundscape. But if you're after something a little bit more detailed, if, if you're listening to sort of more, uh, even if you're listening to music like classical music or a little bit softer music that you want to hear every single note, then these headphones probably aren't best suited to that type of music. So if you understand what I'm trying to say there, uh, they do offer great sound for the right listener if they're into that that kind of music. But uh, I think the detail and that kind of... Uh, that added attention to detail is probably better delivered by other brands like Bose and Sony and Bowers and Wilkins and those other brands, Audio Technica. They seem to have that detail. But in terms of sheer power and strength and that adjustable sensory base, it's it's worth trying it out. If you can try it in the store, give it a go. Uh, there's also really easy ways to control your music as well. There's the... the, uh, the, the on the outside of the ear cups here, there are all these different different controls for you to navigate your music and everything like that, pause and play. Uh, so all in all, all in all, smart a smart set of earphones that deliver this this huge sound, the this great feature with if you want to feel the bass as well as hear it, uh, and also great battery life too, up to twenty four hours of battery life. And they do have fast charging, so you can really get up uh, to a decent charge if you need to go out for the day. There's also a tile tracker built in. So if you happen to lose these and you're you're a tile customer, you've got an account with tile, you'll be able to locate these as well. So that's built in. You don't have to actually stick a tile on the end of the headphones. That tile tracker is built in. So definitely worth a listen. The Skull Candy a Crusher, they're called the Crusher, really aggressive name, I love it. ANC, which is short for uh, Active Noise Cancellation. If you want to read our complete review, check it out, techguide.com.au. Next up, we need to talk smartphones, and in particular, affordable smartphones. What surprised me, I saw these stats about the typical smartphone user in Australia, 44% of smartphone users in Australia have a phone that costs less than a thousand bucks. So, as you can imagine, this is a pretty big market. Not everyone can afford a flagship phone, not everyone can afford the latest iPhone, the latest Samsung Galaxy S phones. 44% of us, in fact, have phones, that's nearly half, have phones 
cheaper than $1,000. So the mid-tier is a very, very popular category. Now, Samsung and Alcatel have both announced devices that are in that under $1,000 range. And in Alcatel's case, their three new phones are all under $200. In fact, we'll start with them. Their new devices, again, just providing tremendous bang for your buck. Alcatel, they're a part of the TCL company, and they have three new phones. They have the 3L, the 1V, and the 1V. The 3L has a triple camera system, including a 48-megapixel main camera. They've also it's got a 6.22-inch HD Plus display, 4 gig of RAM, 64 gig of internal storage, micro SD card slot to expand your memory, $199. And there's pictures of it on Tech Guide. If, if I was to show you that phone, you'd think, wow, that's an $800 phone. It's actually less than 200 bucks. Now, you're getting down to the 1V. That's even cheaper. That's $149. 6.22-inch screen has 2.5D front glass, twin camera system. The, the, the Alcatel 3L has a fingerprint reader as well, by the way. Uh, it does, also has face recognition. The 1V, 149, but the 1B, which has a 5.5-inch display, has the Android 10 edition, Go edition, 3,000 milliamp hour battery, under 100 bucks, $99. And particularly of interest too, for customers who are caught out with the COVID Safe app, if their phones they've discovered were too old to run the COVID Safe app. So here's an option for customers who want to just spend 100 bucks, not even 100 bucks, you're going to get a dollar's change at 100 bucks. The Alcatel 1B, $99 phone that will run the COVID Safe app and do, and do all these other things. It's got a 8 megapixel rear camera, 5 megapixel front camera. So tremendous value for just 99 bucks. Now, well, people ask me, why does Alcatel, uh, what's the catch? Why are they so cheap? Now, the reason they are cheap is because Alcatel, as I said, a part of TCL, big company. And the main component that's produced in-house is the display. TCL make TVs and displays for not only the Alcatel phones, but TCL-branded phones as well. So basically, the whole device is built in one factory. There's no need to bring in components and other people and other companies. It's all done in-house. That is why these phones offer tremendous value for customers. But Samsung also have introduced some new phones, their Galaxy A series. There were some released last year. Here are the, the new batch of A series devices. There's the Galaxy A31 and the Galaxy A51 and also the Galaxy A71 and there's a 5G version of the A71 as well. The A31, 499. 6.4-inch screen, Infinity U display, so there's a little teardrop notch at the front there, and it has a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. Can you believe it? That'll keep you connected for two and a half days. 499. The Alcatel, the sorry, the Samsung Galaxy A51, that's uh, 599, and you're getting a 6.5-inch full HD Super AMOLED Infinity O display. That's the display with a little hole punch. It also has... 8 gig of RAM, 128 gig of internal storage, and an in-screen fingerprint reader. The A71, which is 749 bucks, has a four-lens camera system. The A31 and the A51 had a triple had triple camera systems, by the way. Um, and actually, no, they had quad. They've got quad camera systems. Uh, even the A31 have quad camera systems. Just the the 
the megapixel, the sensor strength is slightly bigger, of course, slightly better in the in the A71. That's got a 64 megapixel main camera, 5 megapixel depth lens, 12 megapixel ultra wide, and a 5 megapixel macro lens. So you can take some amazing close ups. And the A71 uh, has a 5G version, which is 899 as well. That's one of the cheapest 5G phones you're going to find on the market there. The Samsung Galaxy A71 5G. Same specs as the A71, but it does have that 5G network connectivity. So imagine now you're on the network, you can stream 4K content and play all the high-end games. We've got this super-fast connection. So uh, pretty good. 899 for the A71 5G. But if if you're in the market for a new phone, you don't want to spend big money, those Alcatel devices and the Samsung new Galaxy A-series are well worth checking out. And you can do that. Check them out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, is your Wi-Fi feeling old? Does it buffer while you're streaming? And does connecting new devices slow everything down? Now, we're playing games and video calls, large file transfers. If we do all that at once, some networks just fall over. It doesn't matter how fast your internet connection is if your Wi-Fi is old. The With Wi-Fi Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear, your Wi-Fi will feel brand new again. Wi-Fi 6 is the latest tech that allows you to have more devices to connect and stream simultaneously without impacting your speed or reliability. Stream in HD, 4K, even 8K without buffering. Eliminate that lag while gaming and connect more devices to your Wi-Fi than ever before. Check out Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 at netgear.com.au forward slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good mates at Belkin. If you need a cable, if you need a charger, if you need a portable battery, they're the company to, to look at. Now, we had a few questions about the KO app. And I know there's not, not, a, lot of, not a lot of live sport right now, but for those people who love their sport uh, and they want to be able to watch KO on their TV... The question was, which TVs have KO as a native app on the TV? Now, at the moment, that is only Samsung. Samsung is the only TV you can buy with KO, T- KO app pre-installed on the TV. But my understanding is that LG and Hisense are also uh, making arrangements to have KO installed on their televisions as well. So hopefully before the end of the year, in the second half of this year, we'll see if you're an LG or Hisense customer, you may see KO Sport on as a native app. But there are ways to watch KO on your TV. If you have an Android TV, and there are a lot of budget TVs that run the Android TV operating system, but there's also Sony TVs that also run Android as the operating system. So you can, if you have one of those TVs and you want to watch KO, simply like like you would on an Android phone, just go to the Google Play Store on the TV, download the KO app to your TV, and enter your details. Bob's your uncle. You're watching KO Sports on your telly. Now, the other way to watch, other ways to watch KO Sports is if you need, if you've got a Chromecast, so you can cast from your phone or tablet 
to your TV. If you have Apple AirPlay, same deal. You can AirPlay to your TV to watch your content as well. But there are th- those are the ways you can watch KO Sports now. Uh, LG and Hisense customers, perhaps you will have that in the second half of the year. But if you've got an Android TV, you can do that today. Just download the KO Sports app. Now, just getting back to our competition, the Uniden Dash View 30. It's a terrific dash cam. If you don't have a dash cam already, this dash cam is great quality. It's got a Sony sensor on board too, so the videos are really crisp. So if you do need to see that detail, like the street names and number plates and car makes and models and colours, it does come up really clearly on the Uniden Dash View 30. Now, we are giving one away, and the conditions of entry are you need to go to Tech Guide to click on the story that is talking about the Uniden uh, Dash View 30 competition to celebrate 400 episodes of the Tech Guide podcast. Now, in that story, you are going to find a form. So you'll need to enter your name, your email address, and this code word. The code word is listen, as in what you do with your ears. Code word is listen, L-I-S-T-E-N, listen is the code word. So you need to enter that code word into the form as well as your answer. We also need an answer from you. Why do you need a dash cam? Whose car would you install it in if you win? Just that answer in the form as well. Send that off to us. We'll pick out a winner and we'll get back to you on next week's podcast and announce the name of the winner and they'll receive the Uniden Dash View 30. Good luck. And remember, the code word is... Listen. And that is our 400th episode of the Tech Guide podcast. I want to give a special thanks to all of our loyal listeners who've been with us since the very beginning and even the the listeners who've picked us up on the way. We really, really appreciate your support. It's really, it's it's for you that we, we put this show together every week. We really love your support and we try to bring you the latest in tech news and reviews and opinions on the show. So thank you so much for your support. And here's uh, us looking forward to providing the next 400 shows for you. Everything we've spoken about on the show, you can find at our website, techguide.com. If you want to get in touch with us, email us at info at techguide.com.au. Don't forget to enter our competition for the Dash View 30 from Uniden, a great prize. We want to give a special thanks too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.